Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Raphael. Um, happy Saturday. <laughs> yeah, Saturday in the middle. Of, uh, we just came off the most depressing week in the, apparently, Blue Monday was uh, the most depressing Monday of the year. Yeah? Said, mm-hmm. said who? I don't know. That's what they say. I think it's just another excuse to sell <laughs> alcohol. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. I don't know. I what think it you is. have to be careful when people agree on something uh, how you should feel. Right. Like, like hey, I it's don't... Christmas. You're supposed to be happy. <laughs> hey, it's summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Like big, big pharma, like uh, de- whoever's selling drugs for depression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like... If you're not in the mood for pumpkin spice latte, then there's something wrong with you. Mm hmm. Yeah. But anyway, that's what they say. Because yeah. we're at, it's pretty hard to see the end of winter right now. Oh, and, is, um, do you mean Blue Monday in terms of the least amount of sunlight? Uh, well, that's December twenty first. That's but, Christmas, or, yeah, about Christmas. Yeah, but I think it like it's it's dark. Yeah, it's still dark. Winter's long. You're back to work. There's Stock new market is good. Well, or maybe like it could <laughs> be bad because <laughs> that's this episode is about money. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, in, in a lot no, of ways. I thought when uh, you when you said Blue Monday, I was like, oh, what crashed? That? What did I miss? But uh, mm, um, my head goes to new order right away, and I'm thinking, yeah, yes, yeah. time to dance. <laughs> <laughs> but Blue Monday was followed by um, so-called Black Tuesday uh, on Tuesday um, because there was this huge drop, twenty percent drop in all in all the major cryptocurrencies. So it was kind of a Blue Monday, then Black Tuesday. And I was like, my head was totally wrapped around cryptocurrencies yeah. this week. Well, I, I, I'd like to, we can just dive right into it. But what's funny to me is that it, uh, cryptocurrency is basically trends becoming very palpable and real. So it, that's all it is. It's just, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of cryptos. Which is the cool one? Which party should I go to? And then it's just FOMO becoming very, very real. Oh, yeah. It's like total subculture. And we can yeah. get into all of the micro but, aspects. So, I mean, we're used to gamers being ahead of the curve on hardware. And they they live in this world where, you know, we have an Apple laptop and they laugh at you because they have all the cool components that can do all these cool things and uh, no latency and extreme frame rate and all these things that mainstream users. But you're missing out on it. Who cares? But then all of a sudden there's this thing it's like oh i bought crypto coins and i bought 12 dollars in 2001 and now it's worth a billion Mm -hmm. yeah and i think um so it's been really interesting so i didn't know that much about it uh you know basically what i'm saying is that fomo has been a part of everything but it's never felt like it could really mean oh if i had stepped in i would be so much happier now yeah, and there's like a Bitcoin FOMO calculator online. If like if you had invested 12 months ago, if you had invested two years ago, what would you be worth? Of course, it's yeah, all. But but like, but we you felt FOMO before, like oh, I missed out on this party or this the party, or, or, or I missed out on starting with apps. <laughs> why didn't I start with apps earlier? Or why didn't I start with VR earlier? Or why didn't I? Why mm-hmm. wasn't I on Facebook before? Yeah. And there's no uh, calculator for that. Yeah. <laughs> there's just like, there's just. Yeah, like you a... miss out on it. It's kind of like, okay, well, I guess I wasn't cool, so what? Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about Twin Peaks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just last week. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, so I, I felt like I was missing out, but I also, like, my experience generally with things that I don't know is I just, I just go and do them or experience them to feel it. Uh, same thing goes with technology or whatever. I, I definitely want to feel it. And so I just like, 
about $100 worth of uh, cryptocurrency and just the big ones, Bitcoin and Ethereum on Sunday. And I'm, I asked you how much you had at the time. And you you told me it already had a bunch for, for a little while. Yeah, I think. I, I, well, here's the thing. I, I had heard many people talking about uh, buying crypto and some friends of mine bought a year ago, some bought three years ago, and they did very well. And then you get this jolt of jealousy, very palpable. It's different when someone is successful in their work and you're a little bit jealous, but you're like, good for you. Like uh, you've you've been uh, struggling for many years and it's paying off now. That's great. Mm-hmm. And this is just, I, I continuously with investment have this cringy thing that I feel like if I have reserves, they should be yeah. allocated to my work because that would be a much more fulfilling way of making money than just some digits that I, I just happen to pick the right uh, number on the uh, on the lottery ticket or, yeah, you're, you're yeah. making a very early good point which is like so is it you know there are different kinds of investments and you know and time is is relative to all of them and you could invest in yourself or you can invest in someone else and yeah. one of the ways that we invest in others uh that's not the most productive sometimes is by investing in other companies stock markets currencies etc like ex- well, extrinsic things but yeah. you can invest intrinsically as well but maybe one thing that uh we can talk about is this idea of inflation mm-hmm. and inflation tax so if you don't invest your money slowly dissolves that's right no matter what you do uh, whatever money you think you have is right now get, is worth less than it was yeah, an hour and, ago and that's mm-hmm. kind of uh, sad that if you're conservative and you save and you're like, oh, I'm going to spend a little bit less than I make every month. And at the end of my life, I have some, I have this security, I have this uh, safety net mm-hmm. and you're not safe. Yeah. It's not good enough. Yeah. You probably think like uh, when you're, you know, now everyone probably thinks, yeah, I only need a million dollars. But by the time you retire, that'll probably be worth, you know, half of that. It might be worth $500,000 by that time. Yeah. I mean, I remember my parents bought their first house, uh, which is now worth quite a lot. Uh, I will say it's worth over a million dollars. Is in Toronto, actually, that's a very easy thing to say. Every house is worth yeah, more than a million dollars. Yeah, you white male but scum. They, <laughs> but they bought uh, their house for uh, $80,000, right? So that was in the 1970s, so it's been 30 years, um, well, 40 years almost, and it's worth 10 times that amount, right? Uh, but they, it's it's not really worth ten times that amount. It's probably about the same because they were only earning, I think, like four thousand dollars a year each of them. So, uh, of course, everyone understands inflation. Not everyone understands why it exists. Uh, one of the reasons it exists is because we print more money every year. I'm not an economist. I want to put that out there. That's it, even though <laughs> this is going to be one of those cringy episodes where we're <laughs> yeah. saying stuff that people are like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like some some economist or the guy from Five Thirty Eight, or some crypto like. <laughs> specialist. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, um, that kind of yeah. So that but but the, the, the one of the I think ironies is we print more money usually to pay for you know more public services for com- for countries to stay out of debt, especially the United States. Um, and in so doing, uh, potentially make everyone's money worth less. I know that here in Canada, we just uh, or in Ontario. They just raised our minimum wage to $15 an hour, um, which was, you know, celebrated. But that will also cost, you know, all of the, the you know, the things you buy will also be a little bit more expensive after that. Um, so all of this, this to say, I think, like, we can both, of you and I, though we're not experts, agree that 
your money doesn't exist in isolation of others, other people's money. Yeah. Your value doesn't exist it's, in it's, isolation. It's almost like you can't hold on to value uh, without, without risk. It, it, you can't stay rich without risking stuff. You can't just hold your pot of valuables. Yeah, and I think like it's a political issue for some people, including myself for a long time. Um, you know, like I came out of school, like definitely a, sta- a sta- staunch kind of Marxist. And I still, you know, obviously have a lot of those ideals embedded in- inside of me. But a Marxist would never choose to buy property, as an example, because property is a perversion of capital. The fact that like I can have something and you can't have it is a human invention, right? Like that I, you know, I bought this house I guess if I had built it myself, that might be something. But like many societies don't have this concept of property. Um, you know, indigenous cultures famously didn't. And that's why they like welcomed every. Hey, come on in with those guns and swords. Right. Yeah. Like well, my land is your land. Yeah. There's, there, uh, there's a cartoon of uh, Native Americans looking at a European conqueror boat arriving at the shore. And they're like, yeah, let's let them in. What's the worst that could happen? Mm hmm. Yeah, the worst that can happen is that these people with like, you know, this capital crazed <laughs> attitude, like they're like, all this new stuff I can take. <laughs> I, I think there's a thing in a, 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 some Planet of the Apes movie that there's like, they say that there's a, a sadness that the universe rewards aggression with power. Mm. And that's just a, a basic mechanism. Maybe that's underlying in crypto as well, but that if you have a peaceful uh, side of the world and you have an aggressive side of the world guess guess what's going to happen well for that reason let's go back to crypto <laughs> because a lot of people have made not just your friends but a bunch of people have made a lot of wealth this way um like the founder of ripple which is another um yeah another currency well, it, it, yeah, it, the, yeah the interesting thing is for the first time it, it's clear that digital has been winning a lot of territory and for the first mm-hmm. time people can uh, join in on the fun because you can't you can't invest in Facebook before it goes public. By the time it goes public, the, the hyper growth is already done. So you want to be there right when it starts. That's the feeling we, that crypto gives you. Well, should we describe why this even exists and, and what it is? Yeah. So, so cryptocurrencies are all built on top of what is called the blockchain. The blockchain you know, was famously invented by a mythical Japanese man who wasn't real. <laughs> but I, And I won't go into that mythology, kind of but anonymous. I will describe yeah. Yeah, um, I will describe the technology itself. And the idea of it is very simple, though also very complicated, and I'm bound to get parts wrong. Uh, But in essence, uh, what it is, is it's a public ledger. Um, So a ledger is just like a long list of things, a long list of transactions. It's basically like a really long text file. Yeah, Yeah, think of it as a big database that is... Everyone shares, you know, so it's on everyone that's on the blockchain shares the blockchain. Yeah, here here it gets weird immediately because then you hear about (laughs) people losing their data. So if everything's shared and everything's logged, how can some people lose their data? You can't technically, you can't technically lose your, like the blockchain never loses data um, because it's distributed. The ledger exists in, like redundantly, but here's the thing: uh, that is the 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 amount of well, let's look at Bitcoin. Like the amount of coin is limited to twenty one billion dollars, I believe, um, or or is it twenty one million bitcoins? Damn it, I gotta get this right. Ah, Jeremy, I'm not using the internet. This is just off the top of my head. Uh, whatever, it's a limited sum, and it's mined by um, by these like by computers, uh, and typically. They're given a challenge, and that challenge gets harder and harder. 
And the only reason mining exists is because you have to decrypt every transaction in the ledger. So the ledger itself is, though I said it's public, it's also it's encrypted. And the key or like the encryption code is very, it gets increasingly difficult to process. Um, because yeah, and computers the get number of transactions increase. faster, yeah. so it kind of keeps each other in balance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, but the thing is, the, that's interesting is that every time there's a transaction on the network, all of the other, the whole blockchain is verified again, right? Like it's constantly being re-verified. Yeah, yeah, it seems very clumsy, the whole thing. Well, what's interesting about that is it's very slow. So, you know, I wanted to get you, I know you hate banking fees and... So it typically takes 10 minutes to process a blockchain um, like uh, transaction. Yeah, and, so and the stock you, market operates in microseconds. Yeah, so if you, wanted, if you wanted to buy a pair of shoes, it would take like 10 minutes to do that with Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, I think Bitcoin... I, I, th I think credit card payments also, they, they, they're instant, but then they're verified later. So it's, there's also this um, mm -hmm. sort of limbo... That you pay for something and the credit card company will assume that both parties are okay, but they can, if, if sure. there's fraud, that you can uh, go back and say, yeah. hey, there, there was a mistake. Yeah, so, but actually built into blockchain is this idea of jumping the line. So the reason it takes a long time is that there's a backlog of transactions that need to be verified by the blockchain, by, all this, by this distributed network. And you can jump to the front of that backlog for a fee. Now, currently, to jump to the front of the backlog right now, today, costs, I think, like $15. So that's a pretty high fee, right? Like, that's more than yeah, you pay your but bank I or mean, credit card. I mean, really, we could talk about... Uh, what, what, what I, we can talk about many things, but what I would want is some kind of digital money where um, we're free from uh, everything and... And it's instant and it's free to use. And but I, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, but the reason I bring that point up is because a lot of people put. So why does blockchain exist? Why are people so excited about it? Because they believe it can circumvent the like financial systems that governments and banks have colluded to put in place. You know, quote unquote colluded. And so if you're a libertarian, if you're in America and you're feeling like fuck the government, like I want to be able to like exchange money without some bank getting in on this or whether the government like you know, regulating yeah. the interest rates or whatever. It sounds a lot like the early I, web optimism free... where they're like, oh, this is going to make everything great and people are going to love each other around the world and there'll be more compassion. Yeah, yeah. And... So there's tons of altruism and idealism built in. That's all I wanted to get to. And But at the end of the day, some of it is all, you know, like this fee is interesting. It already exists that there is like... <laughs> yeah. there, there, and the there fees are, are going to be even worse than the classic banks because there will. I, I think it's going to end up that there will be three big parties like Facebook, Google, Amazon, that type of stuff. And they're going to have so much control and there'd be so little competition that they could charge yeah, higher so, fees than so, traditional banks. So right, right now, everyone says like, we're, yeah, we're in like the early internet phase. And so you know, there are new coins that come up and we'll talk about that in a second every day. Like there's like new stuff happening yeah. because this is open source technology basically, right? So, so you could go out and start a coin tomorrow. And in fact, this concept of an initial coin offering uh, which is like, you know, you offer a new coin to help fund some venture uh, is like is a thing, right? And Ethereum lets you do yeah, that. You yeah, can... yeah, yeah. And, and the, the funny but, thing with investing is the idea is, okay, you've, you, you have a job and you, ma mm -hmm. you make X amount per year. 
and you spend yeah. only 80% of that money. So you keep 20% and you could put that in retirement. You could, But the idea is you've worked very hard. So you, you put things in investment that you don't want to think about too much. Mm-hmm. You don't want another job. And so with crypto, and that's why I've been very hesitant, is you put the money in and you can't stop thinking about it. Because which crypto? And that one went mm. up and that one went down. And oh, did yeah, you, yeah, I have yeah. a friend here. And so... Uh, this thing I always talk about is that the most valuable thing for an artist is to dream and to be in dream world. And uh, that you, well, it's you, very interesting. You're renting you out that. your mind. You just can't stop yeah. thinking about it. So you're absolutely right. Like, so I wanted to go through my personal experience. I put this hundred dollars in on Sunday, being like, "Yeah, whatever." And let's, I'll come let's back disclose to this. that um, for you, a hundred dollars will not cause it to take over your whole mind. Uh, yeah, but somehow it did. Oh, so. Okay. <laughs> I mean, not in terms of worry, but like, here's what, so I was like, I put a hundred dollars in, then I like, I checked in like a couple hours later, just see what's going on. And it was like already off by 5%. So I'd already lost like $4. Like it was off by 5% or something. And then I was like, oh man. And and so you start to like the, cause it, you start to see that the market's like wildly shifting back and forth. And then my money never got up above a hundred. So it's been below. And you've paid a fee to get the money there. Yeah, so yeah. You've already I, had lost. Pay, I had to pay a $3 fee just to get in. Yeah. So, but within an hour, I'd lost an additional dollar. And then by Tuesday, I had lost $40. And I was like, what is this? This is supposed to be a rocket ship <laughs> to the moon. Yeah, yeah. And then I downloaded an app called uh, Binance because I was talking to a friend and she was like, no, Jeremy, like, yeah, you don't want to be in those major currencies. All the action happens on spreads. That <laughs> is to say, like, when the when the currency changes wildly, you can, like, make money on, on the differences. The, it's the exact same hamster wheel as uh, I know, how I many know. followers do I have? How many likes on this post? What if I post things with this and then... Yeah. Yeah. So, but like on Binance, there's like a list of like 50 currencies and they're all in relationship to another. And one could be up like a thousand percent on the day. And then I was like, well, how does this happen? How do they swing so wildly? And then she started to tell me about a friend who had made $60,000 in this like quick trading. And he described to her this concept of a pump and dump network. Have you heard of this? Well, it sounds like you P&D. get people hyped up and then. Yeah. Yeah. So pump, pump and dumps, which I think is the crudest. <laughs> it could only come from bro culture, like yeah. bro coin it culture. It sounds like a, a porn to empire. <laughs> but basically, like with a pump and dump, what happens is a group of people get together. It's a seat. It's an elite club. You have to be invited into it. Once you're invited in, you have to request access. Once you're invited in, then you're given it's a like cue Facebook to buy. It's like Facebook when it was only Harvard.edu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there are a lot of these pump and dumps. And so like you're invited in and then you're given a cue like buy this a uh, coin now. Like and everyone has to buy it at the same time. They're all trusting each other to do this. And then that pumps the value of that coin up. Then and you get as, some so, idiots to invest after you. Yeah, exactly. So everyone sees that coin going up like regular schmoes and they're like, oh, I'll get that coin. And then a message goes out to the network dump and they just immediately as soon as it gets up above their value you know by a certain percentage or they see it hit a crest they dump it and some of them use a bot once they get the message so it's all automatic yeah and so the bots are basically just doing this uh and then and then they take that money and they do it again and you're just constantly pumping and dumping um, I, I, and, I often think and about that's why money, these currencies are so volatile I, I often think about money if if i had the option and i was like okay i could in, in, I think in Norway and other countries exist that artists get uh, financial support for life. Not a grant for a year, but they, they get a deal where the rest of their life, they don't make a lot of money, but they're safe. 
-hmm. So basically, we can talk about an amount of money, but it's not even the amount. It's like, I'll have a studio and an apartment. I'll have clothes, not the fanciest one. I'll have a washing machine. I'll have health insurance. Everything's covered, so I can just sit in a chair and think about art. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's many cultures where uh, an artistic class or a spiritual class exists that doesn't think about money too much because it's a distraction. Yeah. Um, but my question is, if you could sign the dots with the Canadian government or some organization and it says, uh, we'll provide your, your basic life about the level you're used to now and you, you, know, you don't live too frivolously, mm-hmm. but you'll never uh, be allowed to do any ventures to pursue money would you sign that contract Hmm. so i'd like to i'd like to say yes but here's the thing like what i'm saying is after that your art should not be for sale ever again Mm -hmm. you you couldn't charge for for speaking fees there would not be an entrepreneurial side to your work it would purely be in in the way uh, maybe a tenure professor like that kind of Mm -hmm. oh yeah i would do that because I think that's already the life I'm living in art anyway. But I think like one of the reasons it wouldn't work generally or it will, people will find other reasons to create comp- competitive value between yeah. each other. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I understand that. Like you, mm-hmm. who's in the coolest magazine, who has the most yeah. awards, whatever. But it, my point is that if you had this safety net, would mm-hmm. you care... Uh, if you looked at people investing in crypto, it would be like, that is not a meaningful way of spending your time. But- oh, I think it's... So to be clear, I didn't say this at the outset. I think this is... It, like crypto is really almost morally or ethically uh, completely bereft. Like it's a corrupt thing to be... And, and, and morally wrong. Thing, yeah, it's, think, it's also exist. ecologically wrong, but also... That, that, yeah, because of the mining yeah, costs, that's just the, amount of energy. The, the, the funny mm-hmm. thing about... Money is just one of the awards. The other awards might mm-hmm. be... Your miles as you fly and you, you feel special because you accumulated them or your Yelp status or your diplomas with the academic institutions. There's many, many currencies, no? many value mm-hmm. systems. Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah, it's mean, just funny that, and, I mean, I understand perfectly that most people really have to struggle to make a living. But no, I mean, I was watching, uh, you know, the, the Unabomber manhunt story on Netflix. And like, uh, are you familiar with like Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber? Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, like you know, he sent. He was a very uh, weird autistic smart guy. Well, he had like I don't think we should give him credit for being smart, but he had this like manifesto um, that he wrote about you know the you know how capitalism was the end of the world and we were all industrial slaves and it's basically just a Marxist argument and it was and it's not like it's anyone would any academic would be surprised by it or any layman they'd be like oh yeah I've heard this argument in a coffee shop or in school or whatever. Um, but to get attention for it, he sent out uh, bombs. But the point being is he, his own personal philosophy led him to live in a small cabin without anything in the woods to live off the land as much as possible. Um, and that character outside of society. And so that character, I think lives in American mythology as this, like the hermit, the, you know, so the anti-capitalist gets marginalized as the hermit, like the, um, the Bernie Sanders, the crazy nut, right? Yeah. Who is going to send you a parcel bomb? Who's out there to harm us? Yeah, I, th- I, um, I think if you a terrorist in, in right? the U.S., if you're like, I'm fine with any car. I don't care if it's a fancy car. It's like, whoa, hey, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> take it easy, Lennon. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. This ain't Stalingrad, all right. <laughs> uh, but 
<laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> you don't want car payments? You don't want bills? <laughs> but you and I might be a little sheltered from that because you being Dutch and myself being Canadian, those aren't those conversations aren't as controversial. No. But I've definitely felt that in the United States at times. Um, those, like, those it's suspicious if you're not greedy. Right. Yeah. Like you should. And it's like, you know, what, what do American, you mean money is so. not that important? <laughs> it, it, um, it's funny that I'm very reactionary or whatever the word is that if I'm amongst artists and especially in Berlin, I would sort of just as a joke, talk about money a lot and how artists should make money. But then if I would be at a conference filled with uh, crypto uh, idiots and they're like, oh, they're this one, this one, this one, I'd be like, really? Is that an interesting way to spend your time? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I was, uh, you know, I did this residency in Oslo that I directed this this summer um, on arts and entrepreneurship. And that a lot of people were offended that I even created this uh, residency, even though the purpose was for it to be critical of this assumption that the arts is not entrepreneurship. So I think that culturally speaking, we're living in an era where culture, and this is where I think this podcast comes in, where we entrepreneurship is now mainstream culture and specifically tech entrepreneurship is now mainstream. It's glorified and it's like Steve Jobs and these are our heroes. These are our pop stars. You know, like our parents had the Rolling Stones and we have Apple and Google kind of thing. So, you know, you can't, it's not Mick Jagger anymore. It's Steve Jobs. It's not, it's not, um, it's not weed. Is that that also because um, musicians don't make as much money and that's why uh, um, no, I just think that every generation has its cultural zeitgeist. And yeah, there's one, something one thing that's c- very new about creating value with a small company out of nothing. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah it's an ideal. It's an ideological movement, and that's why at the because, outset, I because rock say stars, people are interested uh, in this. Uh, uh, let's say that that was a generation where money wasn't so important, because mm-hmm. uh, rock stars were making some money, but nothing compared to industrialists. Uh, so. Yeah. And so right now, even if you look at so if you look at all of this sort of crypto underground and all these like little coins and things, people are creating coins for parties. They're like they're starting rap groups about (laughs) and it's some of it's cheesy legitimately. But there's a whole subculture of like drug kind of drugs and rock and roll around crypto that I find quite amusing. Like my friend was telling me how she made so much money on Tron this week, which is like (laughs) a crypto just called Tron. But it really reminds me of the late 90s when it was like different ecstasy pills or MDMA were called different things. It it feels similar with uh, a lot. A lot of art now is about money or is about the value, how, how fast it goes up, I think more than before. Or maybe that mm-hmm. was the last decade where it was almost like flash sales or ICOs where it's like, it's a pump and dump. Let's buy this. This abstract yeah. artist made about 400 works a year. So there's enough people that can buy in. Okay, let's. And then exactly yeah. the same thing. Like, let's talk about in the press. Well, this is the new Malevich. This is really changing the game. And the art history is... A, yeah, there's tons of hype. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was and, like and a it's decade also ago. The, the, it's the yeah. same thing where um, because art has uh, moved away from being able to, it, I'm, I'm saying it moved away from figurative painting where you could be like, oh, wow, this artist is amazing. This is a very realistic rendering. doesn't count. Mm-hmm. So you get into this weird territory where anything goes and then you can do a pump and dump. You can be like, yeah, this is great, but I don't see it. No, don't worry about it. And that's really bad for the artist, as we know, like when, you know, certain people overvalue an artist's work too early, then they end up with a career. Yeah, that's really but I think it's better than being ignored. Yeah, I think we've talked about that a bit in the past. But what can happen is if your value increases too quickly, you can't actually keep up 
Yeah, but I think the amount of artists who never get to show, they yeah. would love to be pumped and dumped at least once. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess one of our, the most famous friends of ours that was pumped and dumped, um, and he's still doing quite well as Parker Ito, right? Yeah, so I don't know if it, it hurt him. I, I'm sure it, it caused a lot of stress on him personally, but um, I think he's... It, it, the other... I mean, there's many friends of ours who didn't get to show, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just remember him as like uh, like a young uh, college student and just like chatting with him on Skype and the idea that he would be wrapped up in like, uh, you know, all of this, the controversy surrounding that kind of uh, art sales culture was tragic to me because he's just a really friendly person who loved making things. But he was also, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to get too much into Parker's personality, but um, when people get, they don't have a choice, you know, they get swept up in things and an artist is different than a coin because... The currency well, is this like is a human interesting. being. This is very interesting because there's the conservative way of investing over the course of 50 years where you, mm-hmm. a lot of people for their pension, they invest in a broad set of uh, investments and they just think, well, I'm going to leave it for 50 years, not think about it. And then this is the other strategy of getting really rich really fast. And maybe before it was like, let's get rich in five years and maybe now it's in five days. Mm-hmm. Um and it's the same for artists. It's like, oh, my what I hope for and what I hope would be the best career is a, is a 5% increase each year, which doesn't sound like a lot. But mm-hmm. it's that thing I mentioned before, a compound interest really is, is hard to imagine for humans. I've been super yeah, Compound profit and, or compound yeah. whatever. But exponential yeah. growth is really hard to, to visualize in your brain. And so, but if you're saying, well, just each year I do a little bit better exhibition and my work gets a little more interesting and I go a little further. Mm-hmm. Um, but unless you compound that activity, it's not probably going to go further, right? So unless you yeah. take whatever Yeah, but you, even if it's not compounding, but things are just getting better a little bit. Every a slightly year. better. You're getting a little bit better at what you do. Yeah, yeah, and and like, and you're getting a little bit more appreciated every year. That that's what you hope for. So maybe that's also a better thing to hope for when you're investing for uh, retirement. Well, it's very interesting actually because the way most art practices work is around this principle of um, craft first, right? Like being passionate about a craft and doing executing very well. Um, that's even true in non-figurative work. And then and and also it's true in terms of what people collect. There's still <clears throat> sort of like a you know, a value tied to how much time or skill did it take to create this thing? Of course, if it's not conceptually there, people aren't interested, but that's like just table stakes now. Um, So then on top of that, um, I guess what's interesting, I think, is that, uh, where am I going with this? It's like, it, that, that, it, that alone is not enough. So basically, for you to do well, you actually have to stop making things because you have to build a team of people that make things. Eventually, you eventually hit maximal amount. That's like not you, true. You can't make you can't make more than three drawings. That's let's say. Oh, okay, but I, I I think there's plenty of examples of artists who are completely on their own. No, but let <clears throat> but let's just say you have a high craft and you try and improve incrementally increase it every year. You're eventually going to hit. I only have 24 hours in the day. No, but that's not with art. That's different. <clears throat> because the the fact that you can only make 12 paintings a year might actually work out better for you than if you get a huge team and uh, do a pump and dump and make too many. Well, yeah, that's one strategy though. Like <clears throat> I had a friend in school who he could his his drawing style was just so 
immaculate it would take like a year to create a single drawing and you do hear of course like a pe- people who do that yeah. but you do for there to be a market around your work i've always been told yeah like a I, I like how art is just economic uh, rules don't really apply <laughs> so it, it, there's this artist peter yeah, saul who who kind of makes psychedelic uh, paintings uh, comic style paintings and he was pretty big in the 60s and now he has a resurgence and i really like his work but I saw in an interview what he liked about art is that he doesn't have to deal with people. So I think mm. his wife does the accounting and he stretches his own canvases. <laughs> he just doesn't want to deal with people. He never had a system. Okay, so, yeah. so he's outsourced every other job. I mean, technically in, um, in entrepreneurship culture, that would be like considered okay. Like that'd be the equivalent of like a master chef or something. But even a, a master chef at some point, like, you know, or a, C- a CEO founder learns to build an executive team around yeah, but other that, people that's with funny. skills that they, they don't they, have. I think I mentioned this before as well. There's a lot of restaurants that don't want to expand. They're like, no, oh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy. This is good. Yeah. And, and the quality will go down. Uh, what's, yeah, what's that movie, The Founder, about McDonald's? That's really. I know, yeah. of course, yeah. So I think, yeah, you're right, though. Like, it depends on what you value. And if it's growth that you value, I'm just saying, like, and that's growth for growth's sake is really the problem that we've been talking about here. But like, if if it's growth yeah. in value, eventually you can't grow and that's beyond the, a certain that's point. That's maybe the interesting thing because there is nothing about crypto other than growth. There's nothing. It, it, I think it, the same with VR or new digital things. They're like, no, this is gonna topple governments and this is gonna make everything better. No, this is just a Ponzi scheme. And this, it, I, I read an article. They're saying. For 10 years, people have been talking about the blockchain is going to change everything, and it didn't. Nothing, there was, there's no practical application for blockchain as far as I know. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot of theoretical applications. There's, people are like, oh, you're going to sell your house with a, with a blockchain contract, and you're going to vote with blockchain. <laughs> no, it, it, if yeah. it would have happened, it would have happened already, and people would be buying houses with big, Bitcoin we and, should then, say like, and then making Ethereum yeah. contracts, it didn't happen and it's not going to happen. It's a really well, clumsy only, technology. Maybe the thing that happens though, which is interesting, because we're about to so you're going to see probably, people are saying that cryptocurrencies will keep going up, but probably what's going to happen by the end of the year is they're gonna there's going to be like some major crashes because all of the governments, including China, moved last also, week to ban think, cryptocurrencies. Yeah, I think so Germany Macron, and France want to yeah. regulate it. Yeah. Yeah, so next at the G20 they're going to discuss regulation and potentially uh, Well, um, you can wonder how much that matters. If if cryptos are really all about tax evasion and drugs and, and, and firearms and whatever and mm-hmm. then that doesn't matter. Like you can't ban them? Well, you can ban the server farms. Like you can ban the footprint. I guess though Yeah, if you but do then you distrib- just switch to another several, one. There are peer to peer. Yeah, it's true. So it, but it does stop it from becoming mainstream. So then if you just think of it as a what what is crypto really good at outside mm-hmm. of uh, being an uh, a security what what else is it good at? And it's good for buying drugs online, I guess. Which well, it's good for anonymous do, transactions. But, yeah, but like again, why does this exist? It exists because governments got in, themselves into this position where they were taking kickbacks from private enterprise, including banks and other corporate entities, that put the public in this position. Now you can like I'm just saying I'm giving the opposite argument. I'm not saying fun. anything, man, but the government sucks. <laughs> but like so, then they lost the trust so why do the and the illuminati and the freemasons and it's but it's not really that really it's about trust in government right like and so you and i are very trusting of our governments Uh, of some governments but 
Yeah, but like, so, so, but when you lose trust in your government, right, you lose trust in the well, currency, like it's just the representation where, where of labor. you're like, oh shit, everything's going to hell. Uh, but remember what a currency is. It's only just a representation of an exchange, and that exchange is usually around labor. So it's like, you did something for me with your body, and the way I'm going to represent well, we're, this we're completely... Well, we're very far from that, yeah. It, maybe it's well, it's a very complete... Like yeah. It did start. It did start like that. Now underpins everything because it's an abstract notion. Yeah. It, it, the challenge was if I was if I was like cave person, right? I'm like, okay, how am I going to describe that I hit this rock three times? Oh, I know. I'll ca- I'll create a symbol for that. Yeah. That labor. Well, There's no way to represent yeah, yeah, labor. Yeah. Outside well, of it, I think it's very clear, especially if you have a monthly salary. Uh, so let's say you make a thousand bucks a month and you work uh, mm. forty hours for that. And then if it's someone's birthday and you buy them a $50 birthday gift, that means you worked that many hours for it. It's a very simple yeah, equation. I mean, so that <laughs> if you pick up the tab when you have a dinner, it means, okay, I'll work these three hours this afternoon that my boss is yelling at me are for you. It's funny, though, that when, uh, yeah, if you give someone a gift, you're not like, uh, yeah, here's an hour of my time. <laughs> like that. Though that's like one of the most disappointing gifts <laughs> to get. It's like the, the gift of like an eventual uh, uh, sort of like coffee date with something. Because <laughs> I'm so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. That's exactly what's happening. <clears throat> but that, and, that, that's really perverted when you work in the financial sector. Well, I think where it's perverted or, if you're or where successful it's still in the financial sector. Yeah. yeah, because a lot of times people are actually taking um, a percentage off the top of, or bottom even of a transaction. And so they're just all they're doing is saying like, hey, when you're giving your friend an hour, I want to take 20 minutes. Because you're you facilitating know? that transaction. Without, without yeah, yeah. I, de- I deserve five minutes of your hour because I introduced you. And to I'm, I make sure it's secure. I make sure the money doesn't get lost. That's another thing with crypto. Yeah. Where would you be without me? You wouldn't even you wouldn't even know that you, you, know, you could make money. The thing is also when someone steals from you, I'm going to take 5% too yeah, because, yeah, yeah. hey, you know, like I didn't know that they were going to steal from you. Yeah. So, but um, it, 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 I, I think it's interesting that we both have a relationship with money where uh, we like to be secure so we don't spend too much and we we uh, save more than uh, we, we keep a percentage of our money secure like other people might be like oh money comes in i should immediately <laughs> maybe as an artist i think parker was an example he just wanted immediately to have a studio with 15 people and move towards that mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you lose all your money at least i don't think he had an option though that's my point but anyway keep going yeah um but uh, a lot of people in business are like, oh, you should never have a profit. Immediately reinvest. Mm-hmm. And I think the two of us, we are more on the safe side. I'm super conservative. Yeah. yeah. And you wouldn't expect that given my zaniness. But but I, I think like one of the points I was checking but, but, and I tried to pull th- back in. But my argument is that uh, if the goal is to transform the world with your art and to change the way people see, then... Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Putting that back into artistic production would be helping your goal more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, though, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make all episodes is that there's like not that much difference from crypto and, and art when you look at it. Like provenance is the blockchain. Your gallerist is like the, you know, the, the, the coin network or the yeah. stockbroker. Um, well, the buyers yeah, yeah, the, are speculating yeah. on value. There, there um, are huge and, differences. The, it, like from a collector point of view, it, it's a big hassle to collect, but it's also a big joy. So mm-hmm. seeing your crypto go up, you don't have to have storage and you don't have to worry about moisture uh, eating away at your investment or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it's very boring. It's just some digits. 
But a lot of people are still using artwork to smuggle. You mentioned drugs and weapons and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But art is used to move money around the world for people. Uh, it's like one of the last sort of ways yeah. to move also, money illegally. It, it, it's not the same in every country, but a lot of property is, is taxed. So if you put your savings into a house, then that house is taxed. So that's eating into mm -hmm. investment. But art is art not. Art is not. So it's this weird outlaw thing. It's a tax haven that's easy to move around the world. And it, I mean, it's. I don't want to make, like, I don't, it, I didn't set out to make the point that crypto is like art. I think art is a much greater value if you strip it away from all of those economic principles. <clears throat> and if it's a collector is buying the work because they care about the artist and that they're interested in the uh, culture that artist is trying to create or promote, uh, or even the craft that they're pursuing, their research, really, then I think it's more like like we talked about at the outset. Like, it's like someone who's funding you yeah. to continue your research. It's like a little government, like yeah. a little patron it's, that's it's like really, coming in and saying, this is important. It's really funny with art that uh, all, this is, all this wealth is on display. So if you go to an auction house or a gallery, you can just walk in. All the auction houses have free exhibitions before the auction. So if you just look up the auction house and... Uh, I mean, there was a famous Leonardo here in New York that was auctioned. Uh, was it Leonardo, the one that got sold mm -hmm. for four hundred fifty? Da Vinci, yeah. Uh, da Vinci, mm -hmm. yeah. And you could, it was open to the public for a month. But and it was a, it sold for five hundred. Yeah, million so you can, in most museums you have to pay an amount, but the auction house you can just go in for free. And what's funny is you go in, but they also sell vintage cars and vintage wine, and they also sell real estate. <laughs> and so it's just this whole lifestyle thing of. Mm -hmm. uh, things you can spend on like vintage wine is a good investment uh, it can be and it mm -hmm. gets better over time so it it gets into this similar thing it, it, it when you go to art school you don't i don't know i i was this world was very far f but when you live in new york and you're like oh let's go to christie's see what's going on and you can see some really interesting art or you can see a hundred thousand dollar bottle of wine or mm -hmm. a special edition ferrari f1 car whatever it's all in the same building. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll have myself an apartment. Oh, I need some art. Oh, we also need some wine. It's like a department store, but everything's above 100000 Yeah, and I mean, you have to... Do you know anyone that's in a position to, to buy that stuff? You have to wonder, you know, what's going through a person's head, Yeah, right? it's funny. I, I think that this culture of, like, fine cigars and fine wine is, is so against uh, the Silicon Valley ethos of the, the hoodie and staying up and hacking and... And not caring about material things, and but but mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're like, oh, money is power. That's cool. I want some of that. Yeah, it's very interesting because I was reading this article about the uh, like this place called the Crypto Castle, where a bunch of like uh, multi-millionaire uh, crypto people hang out, and like they just like there's just crypto nerds that pass through, and these people now you know have like uh, net wealth of like you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Like one of them was like, yeah, I lost forty million dollars last week. But during the article, they're talking about how they're eating raw, like just Nutella out of the jar. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that culture, and just, yeah, yeah and, exactly. And Cheetos. Yeah. And it's like, wait a second, like, why, why are you eating raw? <laughs> yeah. Like, what's going on here? Like, they're living really poorly in like a college dorm like setting, even though they have. Well, I think um, it's almost like a, a, a proof of being in control, in, in complete control. The same way Warren Buffett still lives in the same house he bought in the 70s or. He lives in a house that's about worth a hundred thousand, which is mm -hmm. not a lot compared to what he could buy. Uh, so there's this this feeling of like, yeah, I'm in the casino, I'm winning, but I'm not going to spend it. I'm just I just like playing the game. 
Right. Well, yeah, like in my building, there's a bunch of that I live in here in Toronto. There's a bunch of people with expensive cars. And yesterday, you know, it's cold and like slushy and salty. And as I was like walking down to my car, which is like a 1993 <laughs> like Chevy Suburb, it's like a rusted out truck. There's like a guy in a McLaren F1 coming up the, <laughs> the ramp, which is like a, a million dollar car. And it's like covered in salt. And actually, for a second, I was like, what a disgusting display of wealth. There's a, then there's I was a like, video of Elon Musk buying his first F1. We should, we should put that in the show notes. <laughs> well, and then I was like, wait a second, actually. I kind of admire him for driving in the winter. Because a lot of these people will just like, mm. you know, cover it up in, uh, you know, in cloth. They don't want all the salt maybe, and the rust and the, yeah. Yeah, they'll take it out once a year or, you know, and it's like, in a way, like I, I, this idea of just collecting without actually like enjoying uh, yeah. is perverted to me. And that, that's is similar with the cryptocurrency. If you're collecting this wealth and it's for no purpose and it's no, in, there's no enjoyment that you get outside of being like better than others. Be, yeah, having and there's no joy that you give others. So you might as like, well play fantasy football or any fictional game. It really doesn't Yeah, matter. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. That's exactly the point, which is like it, the money is no longer, it's just a score. It's no longer actually tied to anything that benefits anyone, including yourself. At that point, I think it's Yeah, really it's sad. almost like you're, you're, you're reaching a spiritual level, same way monks are like, well, I'm not going to have children and I'm just going to uh, do calligraphy 12 <laughs> hours a day. Yeah. Um, it's almost where you're at that level. It's like, yeah, I don't even care about restaurants. I just eat ramen noodles and look at my 15 monitors and uh, watch the digits go but up I, and down. But the but at the end of the day, I think it's worth remembering that it, even no matter how abstract you think it is, like it's still real for like billions of people. Yeah. You know, like it re- has real health impacts. It has oh, real, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. There's this, the, the, the movie The Big Short and they, they talk about how abstract it is to them and the digits, but they say, no, every time there's a an economic crash, a lot of people die. Like a lot of people can't mm-hmm. get healthcare. A lot of people make bad life decisions that cause death. So it's yeah. it's not just uh, some digits going up and down. No, but I noticed this while I was like playing with the cryptocurrency kind of thing this week and like talking to friends at work about it. Who, you know, are some are really into it, some aren't. But like the the giggles and like kind of the like the, the there's almost a rebelliousness in it because it was bad. You know, like. It was like smoking at your first joint or something, and everyone's giggling like, "Oh my god, I made fifty dollars! Oh my god, I lost ten thousand dollars!" But there and there was like this like holy fuck kind of, you know, it just feel it felt like an adre- it was more well, adrenaline yeah, based. I, mean, I guess anything. it's nothing different than a casino, really nothing different. Exactly. But it's yeah. funny when you yeah. you can have all this talk around it, uh, and that's with the pump and dump that you have to create a hype. So you're like, "Wow, this is a paradigm shift, and we're really gonna make the world mm-hmm. a better place." And yeah. Yeah, but you're right. It's just a casino. And I think like if they just called it that, (laughs) I mean, and people get some joy out of casinos every once in a while and that's fine. But if it was to if it was really to become a dominant system, I don't think it could maintain that culture. It would become just it would become another version of what we already have. Um, and you're right. Then we would have to reconcile that like the right investment to make is the one that's right for you. I mean, the other thing is. There's a lot of people who could use money, first of all, to survive, and then second, to to thrive in the sense that they could spend more time with their family or spend more time on their hobbies or spend more time educating themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and like, um, not, you know, there's a lot of people who are unhappy with their jobs. So 
Yeah, you could learn a new skill in that time. Yeah. Yeah, but so, the, I mean, that's did, my Did you ever see that movie, general. Office Space? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, where they smash photocopy machines. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and there's this guy with the stapler. What's his name? Mm, I can't remember He's the, the name. He's the sad guy, and he already got fired, but he didn't know it. And it, he ends up getting in a car crash and winning a lawsuit, so he makes a lot of money. Uh, and then he... he his whole thing is that he's always pushed aside. And so finally you see him in the end in Hawaii or something, enjoying his money, but then still everybody ignores him. He's like, excuse me, can I get a drink? And, he, and the waitresses ignore <laughs> him. And so, right, right. No. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all know that the wealth is not really important, um, but it is important it is, at a it base It is funny because I, I do know a lot of artists who have big ideas that would require money to produce the works and they don't have the, the means to produce it. So there is definitely mm-hmm. something um, it's like, okay. Tied to that? Yeah. I mean, maybe you would be very interested in starting a school and you could use funding. Mm, I'm already doing like a couple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's true. And I could get, I could probably continue to apply for grants and things like that. I actually don't think that that's that unreasonable. One thing I would say though, is generally like whatever you need money for, you don't need money for the first version of it. Like the, and there's a rule in Silicon Valley, generally speaking of <clears throat> don't write a piece of software until you can replace a whole human work day. Hmm. <clears throat> so you should hire someone for a day's work. And when that one person is no longer enough, you know, you can't, they're, you're paying them more than a day's worth. That is to say you have to hire a second person. That's when you write it as software. And there's this concept of um, concierge MVP, which is like, this idea that, <clears throat> excuse me, that some that in the background you just have humans like a mechanical Turk um, that are performing yeah. all of the yeah. recommendation engine stuff or AI or whatever you want. Excuse me, I'm gonna need okay. you to talk. Well, well I yeah, I, I I've used it before, and <clears throat> if especially if you have a, a performance that's only one night, and uh, I remember a friend of mine did this project where there was a camera that would read your face and then show photos related to your emotion. And it right. was only a one-night project, so he just had an intern in the back looking at a webcam, pressing five basic emotion buttons, as <laughs> right. scared or happy, whatever. And that, paying that person 80 bucks to sit there for the night is way cheaper than developing the software. Exactly. That's a great example. And I know you did an, another piece where people were moving around the gallery and there was a sound of a fly. Yeah. yeah. And you just had an infrared camera watching them and you like had someone pressing a button. Exactly. Yeah. Someone pressing the sound. And, and um, why were we... So we're talking about well, automation talking about pays <laughs> off if it's yeah. more than one day. Yeah. I think it's because we've been talking about all of, the, all of this crypto talk really does come down to talk about human labor and where yeah. you invest your time. Where you invest is always a time investment. It's never not about time and labor. That I mean, that for me... It is and it isn't is, because is it, there's a vanity factor. There's a thing like, oh, I want the finer things in life. Or maybe your dream is to have... You want to live on the ocean, but also near a city and have a yard. Like If, if that's mm-hmm. something you really, really want, you need a lot of money. Well, yeah. So there are certain realities. Like I know I can afford a condominium, but I could never afford like... Yeah, like an oceanside house. That the idea of that, it, it, it's like something for yeah, so you know, a distant. In, in, if if your material future. wishes are very grand, then uh, better get in the crypto. But if everyone wanted an oceanside house, we'd have zero coastline. You know, like or if everyone got mm-hmm. one, you know, like sometimes what we want uh, conflicts with what would be right yeah. uh, socially. 
Um, and so I guess that that is an American kind of thing too. Like the individual pursuit of happiness also is like the, you know, one individual's ability to be entrepreneurial, you know, to go from the rags, the, from the gutter to the riches and, you know, to the tower, uh, is part of the American. Yeah. Dream. Yeah. And then you have to market the tower because like those crypto nerds who just eat ramen, they're like, I don't even care to live by the beach. I hate the beaches. Sand is itchy or whatever they say. Uh, they're mm-hmm. probably happy being in a basement somewhere. Yeah, recently I'm like, I'm just happy if I can have a bath in the evening and like read a book. <laughs> like, that. like that's like, and I'm I think, pretty happy when there's know, oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> like if I can lie on the couch <laughs> with Kristen and I don't know, watch a, a, a cool movie. Uh, speaking of which, I still have not watched, uh, um, I have not watched uh, Twin Peaks, but I did watch Blade Runner <laughs> from start to finish. I don't know if we're if we're segueing yeah. out of cryptocurrency I, I, into yeah. movie reviews. Or... I had this whole thing of like, oh, I should someday have a bigger apartment so I can watch movies on the big screen. But now I just go to the movie theater all the time. And now there's Movie Pass, which for ten bucks a month you get unlimited uh, movie theater visits. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we don't I'm have set. that here, but it, it's it that's like a a whole new thing. And actually, that is like a transaction network that's happening. We did so I don't I, we're because we're nearing the the hour mark. I, I don't know if we. I fully... don't think we got anywhere, but that's okay. <laughs> and then I, I think was that's like, kind of talk about movies no, instead. It, it, <laughs> a friend of mine said it well that the the biggest problem with crypto is that it 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 encourages hoarding, and so if you have a new hmm. ec- economic paradigm, uh, I don't. Well, are you familiar with the, there's like one meme associated with crypto that's more popular than all other memes. Do you know what it is? It's H-O-D-L. It's hold. Yeah. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spelled really quickly. And that's because generally speaking in crypto, you want to like, if you hold your money, if you hoard it, if you don't sell it or you move it around your crypto, your currency, you're more likely to get a a positive return. But that's the same with with people investing in mutual funds for their retirement. You're holding a lot exactly, of money to yeah. your 60. You might not even get there. But it's really kind of, I think, ironic because this whole time we've been talking about this wild speculation, this roller coaster ride, um, pumping and dumping. But actually, like the com- the, the, ethos, the cultural yeah. found ethos is not to, is to yeah. hold. If, and you're not a real, you're considered not a real crypto nerd unless you're prepared to hold because... If you were to flight, if the, if you're pulling your money out, you're hurting everyone else, kind of thing. But it's it's um, also a, a funny. So basically, we you need a little bit of savings for a rainy day. That's that's clear. If you spend everything, mm-hmm. it's very risky. You're out in the cold. So mm-hmm. then you save a bit for a rainy day, but then um, inflation eats at your savings. So then you're like, okay, I should store it somewhere, either in wine or real estate or whatever. Oh, maybe crypto. And then you get yeah. caught up in it. It's like, oh, this is exciting. If I move it around more often, maybe I get more money. Oh, shit, I lost some. Oh, I gained some. And then you're thinking about it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah, it's... Um, but this hoarding idea, so part of you, you well, should, should also think like, uh, oh, I can. how much should I hoard and how safe do I want to be? Or should I buy art of young artists and stimulate creativity? Or should I buy fashion to sim- stimulate young designers? Or should I... Uh, let an architect decorate my house because then I'm stimulating creativity as well or should I start a publishing company and start young poetry you know that would be a lot more interesting than uh, keeping money on a ledger yeah so every reaction or every action has a reaction I think we should read um, the advertisement that's long overdue speaking of hoarding we've been hoarding an ad Um, 
and we're we're far into the show. We <laughs> missed the halfway point by a good twenty five minutes, but. Uh, uh, yeah. So, hey, do you have any artistic suggestions for this week, Raf? Yeah. If you missed the Cluster Duct event that took place last Saturday at Panka Gallery in Berlin, you can still have the chance to see the work of Philippe Teiser, Teister, Andy Cassier, Ruby Gloom, and the many others composing the Internet Fame exhibition. Hmm. Isn't that also one of the official embassies of the current edition of the Wrong Biennial? Digital Biennial? The Wrong Digital Biennial? Right. Biennale? Right. Biennale? <laughs> Right. The wrong. Right. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm off script now. So so from January 24th to the 26th, from uh, three o'clock to eight thirty, that's 15 to 2030 at Panke Gallery. Right. Totally right. Visit panke.gallery for more info. That's P-A-N-K-E dot G-A-L-L-E-R-Y. Panke. Panke dot gallery. Panke. What does that mean? Panke? I don't know. It's, it's like oh, it's slang for word. pancakes. Oh, really? Pancake gallery? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, friends in Berlin, thank you for sending in that ad. There is a party tonight, Saturday, but we record on Saturdays, uh, and that's what they're referring to by an event. Um, so if you were there, I hope you enjoyed yourself, yeah. uh, but we had nothing to do with it uh, in terms of getting you there. <laughs> I wish we could promote it. If you want to promote stuff that's happening, you know, like you have uh, like in, in real time, we really need at least a week in advance. We record on Saturdays, sometimes Sundays. Um, so if your event is the following Saturday, you know, our, you'd have to get your ad in before we record on Saturday. So it'd be like, yeah, if just, your event just, is next, just send us ads just for a week downloadable things, not for events. I think it works better if people can click on something and it's an app or something on the computer mm. or a book or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, but I mean, I don't want to prevent I, if someone I, I has think an opening. And this is just, uh, my ethos. This is your I, I have method. a mailing list, but I never send out. Uh, a mailing for an event it's always for something on the web because i think you're on your dev- yeah i don't know but how do, what does that work out for you though i mean lots of people show up to your openings but maybe not everyone well i think that that's channel. the role of of the location i don't know the, oh, the gallery it, but specifically for a podcast i think a podcast that is seen around the world to make an ad for something that happens at one specific point in space and time is mm, that's true we do have a large number of listeners in Berlin. Okay. <laughs> We're not expecting our American friends. But just though, send to whatever. We'll, we'll read it. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. And if you are in Berlin, you can always go to Pancake Gallery. <laughs> <laughs> Pancake Gallery, whatever you like. So thank you for sending that ad in. Um, that was from our friends at Cluster and, Duck. And so I think um, the good point should be instead of putting money in crypto, uh, you should stimulate creativity. In some way, mm. if you want to put money anywhere, just stimulate creativity. Like buy fashion, buy music, go to the movies, and then more movies oh, right. get made. Well, what's the investment that would benefit the culture we care about the most? It would be in terms of like you know people participating in creative culture, right? Yeah, I'm I'm very serious about that. Yeah, I think that's a much more interesting yeah, way to put your money. Well, people are always saying they're so bored, right? And that millennial uh, folks love uh, experiences, not things. Um, you know, contrary yeah, to what you just concert. said a few moments yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, exactly. But you know, concerts are one thing. There's you know, gallery shows, <clears throat> which seem intimidating, but are actually just you know, are really a bunch. Well, those of, are free, so you don't have to put money. Uh, yeah, in it's super. Yeah. It seems in all these kind of things that seem inaccessible would really benefit from your point of view, even if it's different from those that are there. Um, that's my yeah. actually mission. So I, I, I think most listeners are not in the price range that they can uh, buy art or big art, but you can definitely go to the theater or go see a, 
the concert. So. I think the theater would, ben- would benefit tremendously. Go see a stand-up comic. That's also yeah. something that benefits. And go the... often and get knowledgeable and, and see more of them so, and go deep. And uh, yeah. Does this sound preachy? Or are we too preachy? I don't know. I don't know, but it's it's um, the stupid hamster wheel where you're like, well, that person made more than me, so I have to get in on it. And the, no. Mm-hmm. But then there's the, that person had way more fun than me. I guess that's a better thing if you're the one having all the fun. Yeah. Um, go out and do that. So um, we are near the end of the hour, or we are at the end of the hour. What do you want to do? Do you want to that's it. transition straight yeah, in? Yeah, let's do the it. field we recording. Did it. <laughs> let's do field recording. All right. And sorry to those that we didn't get into all of the technical intricacies and we didn't do even probably. I don't think anyone really understands crypto. Like, I didn't even talk about the differences between Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, like Ripple Coins, Ripple, Dogecoin. Dogecoin. Uh, anyway, that's a, maybe just uh, we've we've spurred your cultural interest. You can go check out some of the wack, wacky stuff that's going on there, and then make art about it. Um, okay, so we have a field recording though. Yes, we do, and it's from so, Tom Johnson, who who sent us six different field recordings for different locations. So we might play another one another week. Um, thank you, everybody, for other field recordings. If they haven't appeared yet, uh, they might soon. And this one says. I've been listening to Good Point for some time and meaning to send you some of my recordings for nearly as long as I've been enjoying those you have shared. Yeah, so I've really been enjoying everybody's field recordings. Thank you. Um, I am an artist from the UK, but I'm currently nine months through spending a year in Japan, having come here for a few months in 2016 and loved it. So as uh, many people who visit Japan, uh, it's an amazing place that's addictive and you want to go back. And this recording is four women playing koto, which is an ancient string instrument, in a temple in Shimanto City in Kochi. Thank you, Tom Johnson. Cool. Let's have some uh, contemplation and uh, take out your crypto and go to the theater. <laughs> yeah. yeah, take out your crypto and go get some uh, koto. Uh, go get, oh, you could learn to play koto exactly. with all, yeah. all that koto. <laughs> that would be so cool. Okay. All right. Uh, enjoy. Bye-bye. Bye.